Welcome to Vaginas, Vulvas, and Vibrators with Jordan Donnell. This is a safe place to learn about women's health and sexual wellness. I'm your host, Jordan Donnell, physician assistant, women's sexual health educator, and intimacy coach. On today's episode, we are talking about pap smears and pelvic exams. They are not the same thing. Get ready to learn the difference between pap smears and pelvic exams, understand why this testing is done, and learn some tips to get you through your next exam. This is the first episode in our series on the cervix. If you haven't checked out the vaginas, vulvas, and vibrator swag, go do so now. I have created some fun stuff. You can find my favorite swag at swag.vaginasvulvasandvibrators.com. Be sure to check it out and help support this podcast. We are starting the year off right. This month is Cervical Cancer Awareness Month, so I thought there is no better time than to talk about pap smears. I know you're probably listening and thinking, oh great, no one likes scheduling their pap. I know, I get it. But it is extremely important that you are getting that WAP checked. Yes, insert Megan the Stallion yet again. Anytime I can use WAP, I'm going to be using it, just so you know. I love, I love Megan the Stallion. Today, I'm going to tell you more about pap smears, pelvic exams, and preparing for your doctor visit. In light of Cervical Cancer Awareness Month, I even scheduled my own pap. Pap smears and women's exams in general are one of my absolute favorite things in medicine. I love doing paps. And it's not necessarily like the act of doing the pap. What it is, is that I just love the conversations that come up during this exam. I love being able to talk to women about their orgasms. Are they having orgasms? Let's talk about their discharge. Let's talk about what's normal, what's not normal, what to look for. Like that's just what I love about my job. I think one of the big reasons I love to do Perhaps is because I had a bad experience as a teenager and young young adult, really. And I just want other women and my patients to have a more comfortable experience and have a better relationship with PAPS than I have. I am that woman where I almost passed out from a PAP smear. And that's a whole nother story for another time. But I don't want women to have that same experience as me. So that's something that I really work hard on. I frequently get a lot of first-time ladies for pap smears and pelvic exams, and I personally try to walk them through the whole experience so that they know when and where to expect me to touch, what I'm looking for, what I see, and what all is happening. I am the provider that shows you the speculum after the exam to discuss your discharge, especially if I saw something abnormal. Don't get me wrong, there is a learning curve when it comes to doing PAPS. I'm not going to say that I'm perfect at all. Trust me, I'll tell you I'm not perfect at a lot of things. But I just want women to have a better experience and for their whole experience to be more open, warm, and comfortable. It helps that I had some wonderful teachers for pelvic exams. My fertility clinic that I first started working at really helped me with this when I got out of school. So shout out to Jeremy and Julie. They definitely gave me all of my tricks and tips that I now use. So first up, let's talk about the difference between a pelvic exam and a pap. Many people think that they're the same thing, but they're not. 
The public exam is a procedure where the PAP itself is a lab test performed during the pelvic exam. The pelvic exam is frequently performed as part of a routine physical exam to assess gynecological health. There are two parts. There's visual inspection and palpitation. The pap smear is a laboratory test performed during the pelvic exam where cells are obtained from the cervix and sent to the lab for review. They're looking for cervical cancer or precancerous cells. This is the only way to screen for cervical cancer. By doing a pap smear, you're able to check for changes of the cells and if there are abnormalities, get treatment prior to developing cancer in some cases. Both exams do use a speculum and we're gonna talk a little bit more about the speculum here coming up. Why might someone get a pelvic exam but not a pap smear? One of the reasons would be if you're having symptoms of abnormal vaginal bleeding or discharge, pelvic pain, or pain during intercourse. Another reason why you might get a pelvic exam is if it's part of a pelvic procedure, so placing or removing an IUD, an endometrial biopsy, or pregnancy. Typically at your first prenatal visit, you're going to have a pelvic exam. Not always are you going to have a pap, but sometimes they do that at that time as well. Another reason why you might get a pelvic exam but not a pap smear is a history of gynecological conditions or other conditions. So a lot of times you will get a pelvic exam, but you may not have the pap, which is that additional testing that is done on the cells of the cervix. A pelvic exam is not needed to screen for sexually transmitted infections. It's also not needed to get birth control. However, it came up when I asked some ladies about questions they had in regards to pap smears when preparing for this episode. Somebody had asked about how their doctor always made them come in every year for their birth control to have an exam, and they wanted to know why. And really what that comes down to is that you come in so that we can make sure that medication is still appropriate for you. We need to make sure your blood pressure is controlled, make sure nothing medically has changed that would make it so that this is no longer a good option for you. If you haven't listened to the episode on birth control, go back and take a listen to that, but ultimately we're looking for for those things. Adolescents usually do not need a pelvic exam at their first gynem visit unless they are having issues or symptoms, so that's something else to keep in mind. The current guidelines state that every three years until the age of 30, you should have a pap smear. And then after the age of 30, it's every five years if the HPV test is also ran. And then at the age of 65, you age out of getting pap smears and you no longer need one. The HPV test is screening for the presence of a handful of the most common high-risk HPV types. If you have a history of an abnormal pap smear, you may need pap smears more frequently. PAPs are recommended even if you are not currently sexually active. In regards to pap smears after hysterectomies, it really depends on why you had hysterectomy. Was your cervix removed? If it wasn't removed, then yes, you do still need a pap smear. And it also depends on if you had a history of cervical cancer or cervical cell changes. If you have had a history of cervical cancer, a lot of times you're going to continue screening for 20 years after the time of surgery. 
Something to keep in mind is that some women do need more frequent pap smears. So for those ladies who have a history of cervical cancer, those with HIV or a human immunodeficiency virus, those with a weakened immune system, or those exposed to DES before birth. So DES, that's a whole, a whole nother topic, but ultimately that was a chemical, I want to say in the 80s, that some pregnant women were exposed to that has caused some sort of genetic mutations and genetic abnormalities. Don't quote me on that. I'd have to relook that up, but that's kind of a, a review of what I remember of it. Some women might need a pelvic and possibly a pap before the age of 21 if they are experiencing symptoms, but again, not always. Keep in mind that these recommendations change. So for a lot of us, at least for me in particular, I was part of the generation where I had pap smears starting at the age of 15 every single year. And then I think it was right before I turned 21, they're like, oh yeah, you don't need those until you're 21. And I had been doing them, you know, for years. So I was, I was so thrown off. They changed. This is the current recommendations, but that doesn't mean next week or next year or five years down the line that they're not going to change again. The HPV vaccine does not change screening recommendations. You still need your pap smear. You still need to be screened. And you're probably wondering like, why should I get a pap smear? It's the only way to screen for cervical cancer. It does usually take about three to seven years for high grade changes in cervical cells to become cancer. Therefore, with routine screening, you'll be able to detect these changes typically before they become cancer. So that's why it's really important to get your pap smear. When it comes to preparing for your pap smear, I have a handful of tips for you. The first is don't worry about grooming. We don't care. Come as you are. I know I've said this in another episode, but you need to hear it again. And I'm going to say it a little louder for those in back. We do not care about your grooming habits. We are looking at your health and just doing our job. We're not here to judge. Your pap can be done during your period, but if you can schedule around it, that is going to be probably wise. It's possible to do it during your period, but it can alter the sample and make it potentially a poor sample, and then you would need to have a pap smear done again. So keep that in mind, but sometimes you can't schedule around it. You don't know when it's coming. It is what it is. 48 hours before your pap, you want to make sure you're not having any intercourse, you're not using any creams, lubricants, and definitely no douching. If you haven't heard my lecture about douching, don't douche, period. Something that you may want to consider is bringing a mirror to watch during your pap smear. This will help you be able to see what's going on, be more involved, and I think that is a really helpful tool for especially women who might be victims of assault or um, have a lot of trauma associated with having pap smears, being able to watch might help the experience. And for like me personally, like I just want to learn about my body, so I want to bring a mirror so that I can watch and learn. Something else to keep in mind is that you can request a chaperone if you prefer, and you can bring somebody with you. I know right now we are in the middle of a pandemic, so bringing somebody with you may not actually be possible, but 
non-pandemic situation, you can have somebody come with you, stand by the, the head of the bed so they're not seeing anything, but they're there to give you moral support, hold your hand, if that's what you need. When it comes to a chaperone, it's not automatic that we have one, and I should probably start asking if ladies would like one. I, I personally do the exam without a chaperone. That's just what I got accustomed to. However, good practice probably would have a chaperone. But it's really whatever you prefer. And if you prefer not to have somebody else in the room, you can tell them that too. If you have a male provider, male providers do have to have a chaperone for legal purposes. So what to expect for your pap smear? So some of you listening to this may have had a pap smear before. Some of you may have never had a pap smear. So I'm going to break it down as far as exactly what to expect so that when you go in for your appointment, you kind of already got an idea of what we're going to do. We might all do it a little bit different, but just to help you know what to expect because that for me, eases most of the anxiety when I know what to anticipate. So first off, you're going to come into the room. You might see the provider first. You may not. They might go ahead and have you undress. The pap is waist down, but you can kind of expect that there's also going to be a breast exam done at the same time. This gives us an opportunity to make sure that you don't have any breast abnormalities going on. It's the only time that we are doing breast exams unless you notice something. So it's good standard care. So you can expect probably a breast exam. So you're probably gonna be in a, in a vest and a sheet. Then when it comes time for the exam, so your provider is gonna come in, probably talk to you, have a little conversation. And then when it comes time for the actual pelvic exam, your provider is going to help you position your legs in the stirrups. So the stirrups are kind of what you see in movies, those little things that you put your feet in that hold your legs up and open, really. Now, every provider probably does this different, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you like, hey, I'm gonna, you're going to feel me touch, and I'm going to touch the back of your leg or your inner thigh. And at this point, we're now inspecting the vulva. So remember back to the first episode when we talk about the vulva, the vulva is the external anatomy. So we're looking at the mom pubis, we're looking at the labia, we're looking at the clitoris, the urethra, we're looking for any lesions, any sores, any redness, any white patches. We're looking for anything that might be concerning. Then after we do our external exam, we are going to separate the labia and insert the speculum. A speculum is the instrument that is used during the pelvic exam and it's placed inside the vagina and it's opened so that the cervix can be visualized. At the end of your vaginal canal is where the cervix is and the cervix connects to the uterus. The speculum is usually gonna be made of plastic or metal. They do come in different sizes. Amanda, our pelvic floor physical therapist that I had on the podcast a couple months ago, reminded me to talk to you guys about the different sizes of speculums. So there are three different sizes of speculums. Typically, we're going to go for the mid-sized one, but there are different reasons why we would choose a smaller one or a larger one. If you typically have pain with your pap smears, ask your provider to use a smaller speculum. 
that can help make the experience a little bit better for you as well. During this part of the exam, we are inspecting the vaginal canal and cervix. We're looking for lesions, abnormal discharge, foreign bodies. And I say foreign bodies because you know what? Sometimes you're going to lose a tampon. Sometimes maybe the condom falls off and there, that would be a reason why you would have a pelvic exam without a pap smear. And when you come in to get your foreign body removed, if you're unable to reach it on your own or whatever the case is, totally normal. I really want to have an episode all about that, but not yet, not yet. I think it would be great to talk about all the things that happen to women that are really common, but you think you're the only one that it happens to, but that's not the case. The pap itself is when a brush is used to collect samples from the cells of the cervix. After we inspect it, we're gonna use a little brush. We're gonna sweep around the cervix. Ultimately, it looks like a broom. This can be sometimes a little bit uncomfortable. You might have a little bit of bleeding or spotting with that. And then we put that in the vial that we send off to the lab and that itself right there is the pap. After that, we're gonna remove the speculum and then we're gonna do a manual exam. The manual exam consists of a gloved finger or two being inserted into the vaginal canal, and then the other hand is used externally on the abdomen to fill for the ovaries in the uterus and see if there's any pain or any abnormalities, any um, enlargement of the organs. That overall is what a pelvic exam and pap smear looks like and what you can kind of expect when you go in for your appointment. So how do you make the whole experience better for yourself? One of my key tips for you that I learned from working in the fertility clinic is relaxing your inner thighs and kind of like your hamstring muscles. So when I have a woman who I can tell is very tense, I will kind of tap her her thigh right like where the hamstring inner thigh area is and I'll, I'll remind her to relax those muscles and when she relaxes that that actually relaxes the vaginal canal as well and that a lot of times will make it a lot more comfortable for you i know for me personally that as a young adult i didn't realize that and i always was so tense i i commonly i have a hard time relaxing so that's really normal for me but that made, I think, the experience really painful and hard for me. And now as an adult, when I go to get a pap, I, having done them, I have a better idea of what I need to do as a patient to make the experience better. But I'm constantly telling myself, relax, relax, relax. And that, for me, makes a huge difference. Another muscle group that you can relax that could help you is relaxing your abdomen. And then be sure to breathe. Take some deep breaths, breathe through it. I love to talk to my ladies through it. We, I like to tell, I think we're joking half the time. I mean, we just, we're just having conversation or I do half of the questions that I have, I usually ask while I'm doing the exam so that they're thinking about all these other, they're thinking about their answers and not what I'm doing, which helps just take their mind off of it and make the experience go much faster and more comfortable for them as well. The other tip I have for you is scoot down on the table further than you expect. We want your cheeks hanging off the table a little bit. It helps with the angle of the speculum. Once the exam is complete, 
it'll take a little bit of time to get your results back. It'll take maybe a week or two. Every, every office is different. After we get the results back, we're able to tell you how often you need to have pap smears. On the next episode, we are talking more about what the results mean and what are the next steps if they're abnormal and what if it's cervical cancer. So stay tuned for that episode. This podcast is sponsored by Pure Romance by Jordan Jones, offering top Bath & Beauty products and relationship enhancement items. Check out the link in the bio to start shopping today. By shopping, you are supporting this podcast. Thank you for joining today and continuing to bring awareness to women's health. If you love the show, please subscribe so you never miss another episode and leave a review for others to see. If you want to see me on the daily, you can check out my bio for links to all my pages. Be sure to share this episode with your girlfriends. Thanks again and see you next episode.